1: Welcome to Success Inside with host Aparna. On today's show, you'll hear the stories from the successful individuals that are making a difference in this world. Living with passion, with their wisdom and ideas, we hope that you are inspired. Now, here's your host, Aparna.
2: Good morning. Welcome to uh, Success Inside with Voice America Talk Radio. This uh, morning, I have here with me Petra Niger. She is um, a Silicon Valley executive who is now also a uh, full time practitioner and teacher of yoga and Ayurveda. Um, So, I wanted to share here this morning, we want to spend some time talking about, um, you know, one of the things we focus on on the show is how executives have been able to incorporate mindfulness and um, kind of a mindfulness and uh, kind of a holistic way of achieving health and well-being. And Petra is actually somebody who provides that as a service now to corporations. So we wanted to share with you some concepts around leadership and, um, and mindfulness. So Petra, go ahead and introduce yourself and um, go for it.
3: Thank you, Aparna, for having me on the show. As Aparna said, my name is Petra Niger, and I recently founded a company called Red Pants to bring health into corporate America, into the workplace where we uh, spend most of our days (laughs) uh, every day. Um, My background is I actually had my own encounter with the whole crash and burn phenomenon in my early 30s. I've always been a high performer, marketing person going from launch to launch, and I was burning the midnight oil for a very long time, and I knew that it wasn't sustainable, and it was just a matter of time before things caught up to me, and eventually they did, so I had a what I call a system overload that prompted me to look at things differently and change my ways of how I get my work done and how I live my life. So when that experience happened, I decided to learn more about health and how I can incorporate that health into uh, my daily life and in my work life in a very fast-paced and demanding environment. So I actually went back to school and I spent the next few years studying Ayurveda, a form of alternative medicine and health, which I'm using today.
2: And it's it such a
3: profound <laughs> Yeah, and Petra,
2: it would be great if you could share with our audience what Ayurveda is because I think people may be familiar with the term, but what does that really mean?
3: I mean, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, Ayurveda is actually a sister science to yoga, but the difference between Ayurveda and yoga is that it's really looking at um, things from a medical perspective. So, it leverages yoga as one of the treatment plans or one of the techniques, but it also looks at lifestyle, diet, work style, and has specific treatments and herbs that it can help um, people achieve better health and and well-being with. It looks at at the person on a holistic level. So, it doesn't just look at people on a, a physical level, but it also looks at people on a mind, body sensory stimulations as well as the spirit level. So it really brings together the person into this one holistic view and addresses uh, health issues, concerns, or proactive preventative health measures from that uh, holistic standpoint.
2: Yeah, and it's great for our listeners because, uh, as we talked about before, most of our listeners here are the are biz- is the business community and their executives, and we are constantly, you know, as you know, we're always running from a project or assignments, and we both had mentioned the fact that we are we tended to be and we are very goal driven as a society. So things like Ayurveda and meditation and yoga are words that are very kind of trendy right now but when we start practicing this stuff um it becomes kind of tricky you know in in a lot of ways so share with us some some things that you found as you've kind of incorporated this and then made this your life pretty much now
3: yeah and and you know you hit the nail on the head we're living in a very goal-driven society so we want to do more with less you know the dip, uh, the typical corporate lingo that you hear do more with less <laughs> and mm-hmm. work smarter yeah. not harder so um, yeah less uh, is more okay. right so <laughs> right. it's just
2: it's everywhere all the little one-liners that we hear uh, they're all about getting more bang for your buck and you know how to achieve more especially being based in Silicon Valley so um, it's Really, when we start, to, I noticed this with my personal practice, when you start practicing some of this stuff, we realize and we see things where it's like, wait, we need to slow down.
3: Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. And in a way, it's, you need to slow down to speed up, right? So exactly. we need to slow down so we can do our work more productively and, and more efficiently, essentially. Um, and one way to do that, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, is meditation. And I think a lot of people are still, when they hear that word, they still don't really know what it is, or they still think, oh, I have to spend an hour, um, sitting, right? Um, which yes. may or may not be the case that person is really, going to do their meditation so uh, there's also a lot of experimentation in it where you have to find the things that really really work for you and you have to try different tools so you can start building a toolbox for yourself and meditation is definitely a part of it right i think that that's the key is that trying
2: different things because i i have a lot of people who come up to me and say hey how do i know i'm doing this correctly and and the right answer is that there is no right answer it's personal to you So, there are a lot of people in the business community, especially when I was working at the State Department, they would say, hey, by the way, I just want to make sure that I'm doing this right. So, there is no right way. It's the way that is best for you is the right way.
3: Exactly. And it's really about getting your body and your mind to relax and let go, right? And whatever that technique is that's helping you get to that point so that you can create this internal joy um, is really what you're, you're moving towards. So um, there are a couple of things that you can you can do, and, and a partner, please chime in as well. But for from my personal experience, what tends to work really well for me is uh, breathing, as an example. And I know it's one of those words that is thrown around quite a bit these days, but I've actually been working with people who have a very, very difficult time um, doing belly breathing. Usually when we're in this fight or fight mode, we tend to have a very shallow breathing, breathing into the chest, um, and that activates our sympathetic nervous system even more. So getting to change our breathing pattern and really focusing on deeply breathing and into the belly and activating our our parasympathetic nervous system, which calms down and relaxes the body and the mind, is a very powerful tool that anyone can use even at the desk. Or if you need to step away from the situation, go to the bathroom, take a few minutes or, or somewhere where you can be by yourself, in your car, for example, if the bathroom is not an option for you. And just literally watch your breathing pattern and breathe in and out of the belly for a couple of minutes to calm yourself down. Yeah, so that's, that's one. actually a
2: really good point is that people always think, well, meditation is, you know, it's not necessarily climbing on top of a mountain and then sitting in your uh, yoga mudra pose, but it's more about you can do this even while you're driving. So, for example, driving, your eyes are open, so it doesn't, you don't even have to close your eyes. But it's observing where you're breathing from, slowing down. And breath is also one of the things that I like to highlight is breath is one of the best ways to kind of be mindful of our thoughts. So the breath is the way to connect with the mind and the body. And it's a tool exactly. that you to be more mindful you know be mindful of your thoughts so a lot of times people think oh meditation is something where we're going to have just like an empty mind space and that's not necessarily true your mind is still going to have thoughts but you're going to be more of an observer rather than somebody who's like a partaker of these thoughts and letting them control you
3: exactly and and keep in mind the breath is the only thing that we only have we always have with us right so you don't need any gadgets you don't need anything the breath is as long as you live you always have your breath with you so the more we can learn to work with it the more powerful Um, our actions and and we can become. And I think that's one of the things, you know, when we're rushing from meeting to meeting, we literally forget to breathe and not forget to breathe because obviously um, that doesn't happen, but we forget to pay attention to the quality of our breath. So uh, if that's an issue for you, you know, you can even do little tricks like changing your passwords on your computer that has the word breath in it. So this way, every time you go back to your desk, and you have to log into your application, then the word breath will be there, which will automatically create a connection with your brain and remind you to pay attention to that breath. What a great idea.
2: I think that's something I'm going to do. I never even thought to use uh, my password. That is a wonderful idea should make a posting out of that so I know you uh, Petra have had a chance to work with different executives on um, you know helping people make some lifestyle changes to uh, either f- for health reasons or other reasons to kind of live um, a more awakened life and especially leaders and so forth so I think the last segment of our show we're going to talk a little bit about that um, but you know this, this changing the password is is a um, It's a great idea. I also say the other thing you can do is every hour or every, you know, two hours, make it a point on the hour to check in. So when the clock turns, you know, just say, "Okay, I'm going to take 30 seconds to check in with my breath. Um, That's one thing that when I was in India, they were saying every hour, just check in. And see where your, uh, where your breath is, where your thoughts are, where your mind is, where your body is. Because uh, as you know, once you start working, a lot of times time really gets away from us. And um, it's hard to really, um, rec- re- really stay attuned to that breath because it happens so naturally.
3: And and that's an excellent point about checking in every hour. And I would even add to that, you know, absolutely checking in with your breath and just plain taking a break. Um, You know, we have meetings every 30 minutes. We're rushing through the day from one meeting to another, and we literally never take a break. And, And that's not good. We do need to take breaks. Your productivity suffers if you just keep going through the entire day without taking a break. Not to mention that oftentimes, and I don't know if I can say this on the show, um, but when we go through the entire day running from meeting to meeting, we don't even go to the bathroom. And there are, (laughs) you know, Ayurveda says, and I know other Eastern traditions say the same thing as well, that withholding natural urges over a longer period of time really messes with your body. And it starts. Yeah, and the ending. personal. Uh,
2: I personally, my issue has been that I I'll forget to drink water, so we're not hydrating, and then you know, so and then we end up not needing to go to the bathroom. So all these natural. You're right. All the natural things that we should be doing and be mindful of are falling by the wayside.
3: Yes, and they are over a longer period of time. They are contributors. To your health or lack thereof so it's really important because when you have an urge it's your body's way of telling you that there are things inside your body that want to come out that need to come out because they're a toxic waste; they're not good for yes. you or or they're done doing their job that you know they were supposed to do in your body so when you keep Going against that and resisting that, it starts building up and creating Mm -hmm. things inside your body and your mind that are not flowing in their natural direction. So you can imagine that over time it's accumulative and it's just going to contribute to the disease pathology.
2: Absolutely. And that actually brings us to a great point. So in our next segment, we're going to start talking a little bit about the use of Ayurveda and other things like, for example, with food and, you know, some of these things that we need to be mindful of. So we're going to go into break really soon here. uh, But when we come back, let's jump in. So, um, with that, we are on Success Inside with Voice America Talk Radio. And we're going to go into break and come back. Thanks, Petra. We'll come back with our host, with our guest, Petra, and go into Ayurveda um, as a medical science and how do we work with that in our daily lives.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business.
0: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Laurie H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to The Tech Cat Show, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel.
4: Always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're
1: tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at BeCorporateYogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside.
2: Welcome back to Voice America Talk Radio Uh, with Success Inside Here. I am your host, Aparna Sain, and I'm here with my guest, Petra, who is going to, who's sharing with us the science of Ayurveda and what are the nuances that we need to be aware of uh, to help our body in a more holistic way. And Petra, uh, you know, is going to jump in here and talk about some of the differences between the Eastern sciences and philosophies are around basic things like food and, and breathing and, uh, and how we can incorporate more of that. So Petra, uh, please feel free to jump in and, um, and share with us the definition of Ayurveda and how it's different in the Eastern tradition.
3: Uh, Thanks so much, Karina. So we talked about health a little bit earlier and I wanted to jump in and talk about the definition of health according to Ayurveda because it's a little bit different from Western medicine. In Western medicine, the way we define health is the absence of disease. So if you don't have a disease that a doctor puts some label on, then for the most part, you consider yourself healthy. But Ayurveda looks at health on multiple dimensions. And what it says is that health is really the proper functioning of your body, your mind, your senses, and your spirit even. And these proper functioning, um, the proper functioning of these things, will create a very blissful state and healthy state for you. So what this means is that the absence of disease does not mean that you are healthy. If there are imbalances in your bodily functions, such as digestion, for example, or if your sensory stimuli, as another example, then these imbalances are starting, already starting to create the pathology towards disease. So the whole idea behind Ayurveda is to catch these imbalances, to spot and catch them early on before they become full-fledged diseases. And once you know how to spot them and you know how to catch them, then in many cases you can stop or even reverse the pathology. So that's yeah, really you know, one thing I wanted idea. to jump
2: in here with is that in the yogic science, one of the things we say a lot of, and I notice in my students is, and in myself actually, is that our mind and body are very related. So even if we don't have chronic disease, if you have slight pain in your back, or there are pains that are reoccurring, that sometimes is, are just seem inconvenient to us, especially if we're traveling or if we're doing different things, they are inconvenient pains, but there is actually a whole reason behind it's that mind body connection or, you know, there, there's a lot of science and studies done on how certain pains or little indications that crop up every now and then are indications of larger issues in our lives.
3: Oh, absolutely. And these are all connected together. And, and that's a very good point. And if I may build on that, I know we're going to talk a little bit about food, but sure. um, I want to take a detour and talk about senses because I feel like it, it, it goes in, you know, it, it nicely fits into that. We don't think about this in terms of Western medicine, but everything you take in becomes a part of you if, if you assimilate that. And what that means is that the things that you watch, the things that you see, the things that you hear. So the things that you take in through your five senses becomes a part of you. So that's why it's important that we don't overexpose ourselves to electronics or overexpose ourselves to TV. Or when we do watch those things or hear those things, we are careful and we pay attention to what type of information we take in because that gets processed by our minds and that gets processed by our bodies as well. So um, that also has a third aspect to it.
2: Yeah, and absolutely, because I know that uh, when we teach mindfulness, for example, there's mindfulness, not only what, what we're eating, but how we eat our foods. So for example, in I know in the yogic world, and when I spend time in the ashram, we, for example, don't have any sound or other things while we're eating, because it's our opportunity to nourish our body. So as we take in the food, we observe what it is, and then this way, we're mindful of what it is that we're eating how healthy or unhealthy it may be so this is one thing when i always like to share this story because i know when my guru was visiting washington dc he saw a lot of people running around at lunchtime eating out of those aluminum bags eating hot dogs and he was like really are we really that important that we can't um you know, take a moment to really be mindful of what it is we're putting in our body that's going to ultimately nourish us and allow us to move forward. Without
3: And that yogic wisdom that you are sharing here is very Ayurvedic as well, because the explanation yes. behind it and mindful eating is your digestive system is the power to a lot of the functionings inside your body. And when you're paying attention to what you're eating, mindful eating, like you said, then what you're really doing is you're putting all that attention to that one act of eating, which will help your digestion. So you're able then to have your mind and body and every single ounce of your existence focus on that particular food that you're putting into your body. And that is helping the digestive process. So that's absolutely. why it's very important to eat mindfully. And
2: absolutely. And with that, actually, we can jump in and talk about specifics around food. Um, since I know in Ayurveda, there are a lot of different parameters that in the Western uh, culture are, are sometimes very new. So please feel free to share that with our audience.
3: Um, we In Ayurveda, we use food as a medicine. So in Western traditions, we say you are what you digest, but actually we need to take it a step further because it's not just you are what you digest, you're actually what you, sorry, you're not what you eat, you are what you digest and assimilate. And the difference between the two is when you're putting food in, into your body, it doesn't mean that your body is actually able to digest and assimilate that food. So... You're eating because you're building tissues, and the quality and the quantity of your tissues will decide and determine the state of your health. So what that means is you need to choose foods for yourself that your body can not only eat but digest and assimilate. So in in from an Ayurvedic perspective, we're all different, so different kinds of foods work differently for us. And then I talked about the imbalances before, where if you have a certain type of imbalance, certain foods may work really well for you, but other foods may not work that well for you, depending on your imbalance. So eating from this standpoint becomes a very personal experience, if you will. But there are Absolutely. some foods. I, so
2: actually with that, can you just jump in and talk a little bit about the doshas? Because I know that's very different. Um, in Ayurveda, even outside of it, it's not similar even in the Chinese medicine tradition. So, can you talk specifically about those, uh, you know, the three doshas?
3: Yeah, and if you don't mind, you know, I'd like to give a little background on where these doshas came from because I find it easier when I talk about that to people first. So, the basic principle behind Ayurveda is that everything in this universe, every person, every fruit, every vegetable, everything in this universe is made up of five elements. And if you referenced Chinese medicine before, and I know Chinese medicine also has similar elements, although they're not the same. And these five elements are ether or space, air, fire, water, and earth. And because of these five elements, each of these five elements have different qualities to them. And as you can figure... The very the lightest one, the most minute one, is space, and then the grossest one is Earth. So we go from the most minute to the grossest one, and everything has, you know, good qualities and, and not so good qualities as we determine with our Western mind. But yeah, the this is where that the
2: balance comes in, right? So balancing between those elements, because too much or too little of one is going to create is not necessarily a great option. Um, For example, I notice when I go on a completely raw diet, uh, it's too much uh, air and too much, it puts my body in an imbalance, let's say.
3: Exactly, and and the thing to know about the five elements is that each of us has these five elements inside of us, but each of us has a different proportion of these five elements um, inside of us. And these five elements make up what you were referring to earlier, the doshas or the bodily humors. So space and air make up what we call vata dosha in Ayurveda, which is the lightest of the three. Vata tends to be light, dry, and on the cooler side. And then fire and earth, but mainly fire, or sorry, fire and water, but mainly fire, they make up Peta Dosha, which is your fiery, um, hot, it has more oil, and, and it is it is light, but not as light as Peta Dosha. So that makes up the middle uh, portion. And then the third dosha is made up of water and earth, but mainly earth, which is which is kapha dosha. And the kapha dosha is cooler, it's moist, and it's it's oily, and it's heavier because it has the most earth component in it. So when you think about your dosha specifically, what you're born with, what you're really talking about is which of these three doshas are more prominent inside of you. Like I said, you have all three, but one or two, or in very rare cases... All three might be equally balanced inside of you. So when we're talking about balancing and creating that balance in your life, what we're really talking about is balancing these three doshas relative to your own constitution. So if your primary dosha... Yeah, go ahead, please. I was just going to
2: say, and this is where it gets tricky because uh, initially uh, when I had my doshas analyzed, I thought, okay, well, that's it for the, you know, for the, for the whole being. Like if you're, you're got a higher fire element and, you know, that's it for me. That's what I need to focus on for the rest of my life. But these doshas, the important part is that you may have Uh, Vata Pitta, or you may have certain dominance, but they do tend to change from time to time, depending on our life situations.
3: And that's where the imbalances come in. So what you're born with, your natural state is the same. But as we go through life and hold our urges or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, do certain things, lifestyle, internal factors and external factors, even the changing of the weather is going to increase certain doshas inside of you. And that's the whole balancing act that I was referring to earlier is you have to balance the current state, where you are right now, and turn it into your natural state, the state that you were born with.
2: Yeah, and you know, so as professionals, uh, one of the things is that people get their doshas analyzed, but I've always been curious, like over the long haul, how do we kind of keep it... balanced or incorporated in our lives. Uh, One thing I found is that depending on different situations, the types of food we're eating, our body may demand different things. So, um, you know, what do you suggest here?
3: Well, for one is um, working with the circadian rhythm is always a good choice. Oftentimes, especially executives, they tend to skip meals. And um, actually, the, the most important meal of the day and the biggest meal of the day should be um, our lunch, which the ideal time for that is sometime between 10 and 2 o'clock, but really more on the earlier side. So in our society, it's probably going to be somewhere between 11.30 and 12.30. And the reason for that is because Ayurveda is a nature-based Uh, medical science. So it really follows the nature and it works really well with that. So that that time period is a time period that by default, by nature, digestion and our digestive power is the strongest. So that's really the time when you would want to have a good nutritious meal to nourish your body and also provide the energy supply to your nervous system that you will need for the afternoon to help you get through the day. So So that's one thing here,
2: actually, that we tend to sometimes, I know me uh, as a working in an office setting, sometimes I tend to overlook this, but these timings actually make a difference where our bodies tend to extend expect the food at certain times and needs the nourishment and food at certain times because one thing I notice is a lot of times when you're working in a desk I've noticed people that are like constantly eating and I know in Ayurveda and I know in the yogic wisdom we say when you're eating you're eating and then when you're done with eating your body needs that break so it's important to have a two to three hour break to allow your system to rest and digest
3: Exactly, and and you have your fat me- fat metabolism is happening between meal times, right? So that's the right. slow burning fuel that your body is getting. So if you're constantly feeding it with food, you're essentially hindering and curbing that system. So yeah. yeah, yeah. After- a lot of
2: but actually so this is a really important point because this is one of the differences between Eastern and Western, I think, philosophies, because in a lot of the Western, especially in the weightlifting and all those traditions at the gym where people are like, Oh, you need to eat six meals, five to six meals a day. And you know, in reality that's not on the Ayurvedic side or in the yogic tradition, we say, No, you eat three meals a day, uh, the lunch being the biggest one, and then the other meals, and then you may have a snack in between, but you don't really, over time, if you're practicing everything else, the, the breathing, the mindfulness, and other things, you will notice that you don't need to eat as frequently. I've noticed this in my own body, actually.
3: Yeah, and and I think that's exactly that's exactly the point. And I know that when I talk to people and I work with them, this is one of the hardest things they have to do. And I get a lot of people saying, "I, I just can't change it." And this is a a very it sounds like a simple change, but if you're used to having your biggest meal at night and eating late at night at nine o'clock or. Nine thirty. Even then, this this simple change is actually really difficult to people. So yes. what yes. I usually so here this be- is a very
2: important point. But we are going to jump off into breaks. So I am going to come back in a few for our next segment with Petra, and we're going to jump in now, and we're going to start uh, after our break talking about the leadership side and, and how all this comes in to become better individuals and leaders as a whole in the business world. So thanks so much, Petra. And we'll come right back uh, to voice America success inside.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America business network. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Biz Locker
1: Radio is a high energy business show that features compelling conversations and cutting edge business content that you can use to improve your performance today. Hosted by Kelly Riggs and presented by the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio features dynamic thought leaders from sales, marketing, leadership, business strategy, social media, and more. If you're in business, you need an edge. Develop that edge with BizLocker Radio. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Central on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com.
4: or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at BeCorporateYogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside.
2: Welcome back this morning to Success Inside with Voice America Talk Radio, and I am excited to have here with me Petra, uh, a friend as well as um, an Ayurvedic practitioner, and Petra was actually an executive with Cisco, so for many years, and I wanted to um, take the next segment of our, the last segment of our show to talk about. Leadership. And, you know, right now, uh, one of the p- big projects that I'm working on is Enlightened Leadership. And Petra and I both offer um, coaching and training in corporations where we can look at how to build or how to make an executive um, some uh, our executive or a leader's position more fulfilling, um, where we are ha- offering more productive, happier employees uh, who are leading a very healthy, nurturing lifestyle. So, Patrick, I know you've had a chance to work with a lot of executives here, especially people who are healing from illness, you know, and... So feel free to share um, some of the thoughts here, and then we'll jump into how people can actually start doing some of this and some of the uh, coaching that you provide.
3: That sounds good, and I thought maybe I can share some examples um, without names, but what I've been doing okay. over the past year is really finding these inspirational stories of people who have overcome difficulties and even life-threatening situations, and how, what they've learned from it, and how they turn that around and turn it into something positive, not only for themselves, but for the people around them as well, and yeah, it's if
2: I think because I know that last uh, just last week I attended Health2.0 which one of it which is one of the largest conferences in Silicon Valley around healthcare technology and I was amazed at how many people started these uh, creative businesses innovative businesses around health tech based on their personal experiences I mean there were a lot of people who were healing from um, Cancer. who were former, uh, like, very driven executives who had healed and then now are solely focused on creating a healthy platform and offering that to and sharing their stories. So people that were really opening up about how they've had um, successes with some of the lifestyle changes or, you know, changes in their behavior in terms of how much leadership they take in uh, how proactive they are in their health care nowadays. So it, it's really interesting how this is like a movement that has grown. I mean, there was standing room only in this conference and there were about like 3000 people. So Petra, some of the executives you've uh, had a chance to work with, um, it'd be great to learn like what, what it is that they found um, to be helpful.
3: I think the the common theme underlying all of this is better self-awareness, um, being more open to seizing the day. So one example would be a lot of these people, you know, we take so much pride in the work that we do, and they take so much pride in the work that they do, but it's very easy to fall into that um, workaholic pattern. And after the experiences, their work remain important, obviously, because they take pride in that work, but there's a level of making time for themselves and making a conscious decision and a conscious effort and following through mm-hmm. with that, that I need my time and taking time out for myself. That's one of the, the big things that seem to come out. Yeah. Also,
2: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Also, not holding grudges. And not holding back. That's another theme that I saw really emerging. And we talked about holding back urges before. This could also be considered a type of an urge or a type of a suppression, but not holding it inside, letting it out, letting it it go. Yeah, and on this actually,
2: there's one whole area around living with gratitude. So that's a really big one in the mindfulness space where we are not only not holding grudges, but we're actually grateful for the people and the life that we have on a daily basis. So this is where, you know, that's what encourages positive thoughts or just observing our environment and being grateful for what is in front of us. Um, But one of the things that actually I focus on on um, a lot of the work I do with entrepreneurs and executives is around purpose-driven uh, life and work. So a lot of times I, I feel that, you know, and me personally, I've spent a lot of years on this. Where even if you have a position that is a very senior position or you're a successful executive at a, you know, at a multinational company like Cisco, or I personally have worked with a lot of big companies too, and. One thing I found was that I always felt like that ultimate satisfaction or aligning with my life purpose was missing. And so I work with a lot of executives in this area, um, you know, and how does that tie into um, being mindful? Well, it's like you said, it's self-awareness. So, um, you know, enlightenment is just that. It's tuning into your higher self or your higher intelligence and guidance. And there are tools like yoga that help us do that. But even Ayurveda, eh, and the whole science of Ayurveda, also centers around creating a joyful uh, life of passion and and gratitude.
3: And, and that and, and that builds so. Not, you know, I was going to say something about prioritizing your values, um, and you set it up so nicely. Um, I completely agree with that. One of the other things that I see is when people go through an experience like they go through, they their values have always been there, but now they're making a more conscious effort to prioritize their values and actually take actions one day at a time to live th- those values and live by those values. So the way they're viewing the world and the way they're living their life, all of a sudden, is more centered around keeping the values in that priority state and whatever they do, feeding those values in and feeding into those values. And is so,
2: sometimes it takes a life crisis to get us in that mode? So I'm amazed, at, you know, and I personally feel that way too. It's if you're if you get sick, then it forces us to be in that state where we're mindful and want to heal. But sometimes, you know, it's like should we have to really break down to yeah. be aware of this? And when we're in a busy kind of a go 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 mode. Uh, Especially, I noticed this while I was working in Washington, D.C., everybody is, you know, coming in Monday, going home Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, and then next thing you know, years go by and we check in with ourselves and we're like, wait, is this the life I wanted? You know, and all of a sudden, or if we get sick, we're like, wait a minute, I need to slow down.
3: Yeah, yeah. And exactly that, you know, when we're really focusing on the mindfulness and the values aspect of it, then it also helps us be okay with certain things and letting go of certain things. People that tend to be in these executive positions, they're all very high achievers and they have very high expectations of themselves, not just people around them. And being able to say, you know what, I'm going to give myself a B on something, I'm going to do everything really well, but this one thing I'm just going to on my priority list, I'm going to let it go a little bit. Um, That's a huge thing for somebody who is a perfectionist and wants to do everything really, really well. But by changing the framework and how they view their lives, it now becomes a different question. It it becomes a different type of um, approach life. Yeah, and, you
2: know, that's a very important point, actually, because I know that one thing I noticed that is a big shift for me is before I used to be a big believer in multitasking. So, you know, let me see how much I can get done in, in a short amount of time and like really multitasking. Ever since I have, you know, been cultivating my mindfulness and meditation practice, I noticed that that is not the way to do things the most effectively, like multitasking was supposed to be the way to, to be most effective, but not necessarily it 's being involved with the tasks that you have at hand, giving yourself fully, and then going to the next thing so you know in the world of emails and voicemails, and there are so many modes of communication, multitasking is like it 's so uh rampant you know it 's like a way of being it takes time to check out of that mode and just be with specific things that we're trying to achieve.
3: Absolutely. And and that's why, you know, we were talking about meditation and breathing earlier in the segment. And once you have that practice, it and once you start building that practice, it really helps develop that clearer mind, that clearer understanding of the bigger picture and what's truly important and what's really driving you. And and I think that's why it's very important. And we talked about earlier, you know, sitting there for an hour and you may not have time for that. One of the things that I tell people, because I do think it's important to take time for themselves. And I hear it constantly from people that have gone through something like this. We're so driven by our calendars that I literally tell people to make an appointment with themselves. Put it on your calendar. That's your schedule time. Even if it's 15 minutes, even if it's 30 minutes, put it on your calendar.
2: I say that. That is absolutely true. Like, And also having set times, so fixed times for things. So like if you are going to do Um, like a little bit of a meditation, set a time aside in your day. So we always say in the yogic wisdom that, you know, morning is the best time because before you start your day, because that's when you'll be uninterrupted and also your mind will be clear, your body will be nourished and you would have had gotten rest the night before. So whether it's 15 minutes or five minutes, you know, set a fixed time, that way it's less likely to fall by the wayside. I I find this very true for myself. So if I'm going to, in the middle of the day, if I'm going to set time aside for myself, I would schedule it, put it on the calendar and say, okay, from 2 to 2.30, I'm going to be doing, If even if it's going for a walk outside, you know, try and cultivate a habit of doing that every day at the same time
3: yeah I think having a routine and and especially for executives their days are very unpredictable so having some type of a routine that they can fall back on um, starting with the morning meditation to frame their day to taking time out for lunch in the afternoon to maybe going for a walk or the gym or something um, before they head home or maybe they do it in the morning after meditation so if you can find these pillars that you can structure and frame your day around, you'll be so much better for it already in terms of health, happiness, and performance.
2: Absolutely, and Petra, thank you so much for sharing your time and all this wisdom with us. And before we close today's segment, I wanted to see, um, you know, how do people connect with you? I, I know you're a blogger as well as coach. You provide coaching and numerous things. So, share a little bit about how we would connect with you and what's the best way.
3: Thank you, Aparna. It's been wonderful being on the show. You can find me on www.redpants.com. That's redpants with a Z at remember. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so or, or you can email me at Petra at redpants, R-E-D-P-A-N-T-Z at dot com.
2: What made you pick that name?
3: I was looking for a name for my business, and um, I was in a situation where everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. I was traveling for work overseas, and my luggage didn't show up. I didn't have hotel reservations. All the things that can go wrong, you name it, it happened. And I didn't have any clothes on me, and I was traveling in my red yoga pants. And it just kind of became the inspiration behind the name.
2: Nice. I like that. Red pants. Perfect. It's easy to remember. And we'll connect with you. And I'm sure you and I will be doing a lot more together in terms of offering some leadership and coaching um, in the corporate world. So stay tuned for that. And I wanted to thank our audience as well as just leave them with a couple of suggestions here around Scheduling time for yourself just this week as we go into the week, schedule a time, set a time for going for a walk or set a time for observing your breath. So I want to invite you to do that and um, if you want to connect with me, I'm Aparna at BeCorporateYogi.com. I love to inspire executives to be be the ultimate yogi and live a more fulfilling, passionate life. So again, it's A-P-A-R-N-A at bcorporateyogi.com. Thanks so much for joining us on Voice America Talk Radio with Success Inside and have a great day.
1: Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch another edition of Success Inside with your host, Aparna, next Saturday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until the next show, have a great weekend and a successful week to come.